What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost and Lifting Talk. Today is Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, and I wanted to address something really fast. As you're listening to this, it's probably... Thanksgiving's probably over. It's probably at least Friday or through the weekend or maybe you're way down the road and it's longer than that. But something I want to address before we get into the Q&A is that it's just one day. I think a lot of people around this time, I know a lot of people around this time that are in the middle of a weight loss journey. You're, you're serious about your fitness and your health. Maybe you're losing weight. You're sticking to your goal. This time of year can bring up a lot of stress into your life as far as the food goes and should I restrict myself on the holiday? Should I over, should I not restrict and just go all in? What should I do? It's this contradiction that's playing around in your head that can lead to stress and you ultimately not enjoying yourself through the holiday. And I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've been on the side where I over restrict and I don't fully enjoy myself and I'm kind of on edge the day of because I'm trying to trying to stick to my goal. And then I've been on the other side where I've just gone completely all out and gone way past my fullness cues to where I've just stuffed myself and gotten almost sick to be quite honest. And I didn't really enjoy myself in that sense either. So I think it's super important to just understand that we need to practice balance. Hopefully I made a post on Instagram about this just to keep it super simple and keep it um, in the back of your mind. And I, I talked with my clients and, and said the exact same thing to them. And the The post says how to not mess up your progress over Thanksgiving. Monday, stick to your goal. Tuesday, stick to your goal. Wednesday, stick to your goal. Thanksgiving, enjoy yourself. Friday, get back to your goal. Saturday, stick to your goal. Sunday, stick to your goal. It really is that simple. Thanksgiving or Christmas, Christmas Eve, New Year's, all these times of the year, it's just one day where people go wrong as they turn it into an entire week or an entire month, and that can end up hurting your progress over the long term. But if you can just learn to enjoy the day and go with the flow and enjoy the food and eat till you're full, but not overly stuff yourself and at the same time don't restrict yourself, you're gonna end up being far more happy after that day's over and look back and be able to remember what that day was about, which is family and friends and the relationships that you have and the company that you get to enjoy instead of remembering just being stressed out about the food so you didn't get to fully enjoy it or over enjoying yourself on the food so that you're sick. So I hope that this little message at the first of this podcast helps somebody out there with this just to understand that Balance is what this is all about. You don't need to be all in. You don't need to restrict yourself on the day of Thanksgiving or Christmas with the holidays around, but the whole week is not Thanksgiving and the whole week is not Christmas. Sticking to a goal and then taking one day to enjoy isn't going to kill your progress. You're going to be able to get back on track, make up for that one day where you probably went quite a bit over your calories, but as long as you just get back to it and get rolling and stick to your goal and work out through the whole time, you're going to be just fine. So I hope that settles anybody out there down a little bit that's maybe stressed out and playing mind games inside of their head on this topic. Just practice balance. That's what it's all about. If you can't enjoy the process, you're not going to be able to stick to it long term. So I hope that this does help. I've said that way too many times. But anyway, today is the q and I've got four or five questions here that I picked from an Instagram story that they were asked. So let's just hop right into it. Question number one comes from Joser underscore G. 
which it might be hoser underscore G. I'm not sure if I pronounced your name wrong, man. I apologize. I'm not meaning to. But your question is, I've lost 130 pounds but tore my meniscus recently. Any suggestions on workouts? First, 130 pounds is a lot of weight. You've told me that before because you follow along and have asked some questions in the past. Um, so I just want to congratulate you for that because that takes a ton of hard work and discipline. So if you just tore your meniscus, obviously all you're going to be able to do is upper body workouts. Without knowing a ton about your situation, just a general recommendation I would give is probably three upper body workouts per week. A lot of people, when they get in this situation, um, obviously this is a huge setback in your journey to have tore your meniscus. It's going to stop you in a lot of ways from doing everything that you want to do, but your upper body is not injured. So getting in three upper body workouts per week, just to keep the habit of getting yourself in the gym, burning some extra calories, getting your heart rate rate up in different ways that you can is still going to be beneficial and help you to your overall goal. I don't know if your goal is to lose more weight or if you're just trying to maintain, um, now that you've lost all of this, weight that you have, but that would be my biggest suggestion. Just three upper body workouts per week. Focus on a few compound lifts, work to get stronger at those lifts, add in some accessory work, some isolation work, different things like that. As well as a big thing too is you're going to need to go into recovery mode. Your knee is going to need to recover. I don't know if you're having surgery or whatnot. So a big thing is as you're injured and as you go through the surgery, I wouldn't worry so much about weight loss if the goal is weight loss. And like I said, I don't know your situation perfectly, so it might not be at this point. You might just be maintaining. But I would urge you to come back up to a maintenance inside of calories. I wouldn't try to eat super low calorie. I'd, I'd get your health back up, give your body every reason in the world to be able to recover optimally. There's a lot of studies that show including more protein than what you actually need can help um, inside of recovery as well. When you have an injury, um, supplementing with more protein can help in certain situations. So I would look at upping your protein intake as well as coming back to a maintenance inside of your calories just to get your body going at full steam so that it's in an optimal place to be able to recover the best that it can. As well as make sure you're including a good amount of fruits, a good amount of vegetables in your daily diet to help um, just to make sure you're getting all of your micronutrients in, which again is just going to help you be able to recover that injury faster so you can get back to doing everything um, speedier. There's a lot of science out there and research showing that if you optimize your micronutrients, if you'll up your protein intake, and if you'll let your body get back up to a maintenance level, you're going to be able to recover from that injury faster. There's also some studies showing that as far as your lower body work goes, um, if it's just your your one your one knee, you can work that other leg a little bit. I wouldn't go crazy with it, but you can do like some single leg movements with it. And for some reason it shows that it helps you hold on to a little bit of the muscle in the injured leg by working the opposing leg. It's something to do with the CNS or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. I heard somebody talking about this just a few days ago, but it allows you to keep a little bit of the muscle on the other side of the leg too, if you stimulate the leg that's not injured. So you could do a little bit of single leg work, like some leg extensions, maybe like some single leg press, um, things like that. That's not going to put your other leg in a vulnerable position. I would work on some of that, but three upper body workouts mainly, and then maybe working that opposing leg a little bit would be beneficial as well. As far as the upper body workouts, like I said, start with a compound lift, work to get stronger at that movement. You're going to be up at a maintenance, so your strength should go up a little bit. If you've been in a deficit still, 
um, as you, if you're still in the middle of your weight loss journey. So I hope that answers your question. If you'd like a little bit more in-depth, um, I need to know your situation a little bit better. So you can always reach out via DM or email, and I'm happy to help a little bit further if you would like. Question number two comes from Anthony20. He asks, what certifications do you have? So I have a NASM certification, which is like an exercise, like a, a PT certification that I got a few years ago when I first started in-person personal training. I also have a precision nutrition certification as well, which is like a, a diet certification, almost like a body composition certification to help people, a coaching certification to help people nutritionally. But other than that, those are the only two certifications I have at the moment. I will probably look into doing some more. I'd like to do some more exercise science certifications probably in 2020. I haven't really decided which ones, so I'll look into that. A lot of the actual, just like the personal training certifications are kind of, not to be rude, but they're crap at this point. And the certification industry in itself is a business, so they're looking to make money off of trainers and whatnot, and they're not always staying up to top level inside of the most recent research and things. So if you're going to get certified, if you're a trainer, I think this guy that asked this question is a trainer as well. If you're a trainer, you're looking to get certified, I would just be cautious on where you go. I think NASM has a, a good certification. That's where I'm certified through, and Precision Nutrition will teach you a lot around nutrition. But other than that, there's a lot of books and stuff that'll teach you far more. If you'll read the pyramid books by Eric Helms, I think every trainer should read those books. There's a nutrition book and as well as a training book, and they're both phenomenal. They'll teach you everything that I learned inside of those certifications, but possibly in a little bit more of an applicable way that you can use with your clients and whatnot too. But those are the only two certifications I have at the moment. I will probably look into up-leveling those and getting more certs as time goes on, but not until, honestly, I haven't really dived in and found the best certifications and the one that I should get. But in 2020, that is a couple of goals that I probably will set for myself and I'll go out and get a couple more certifications. More importantly than that though, there are other resources that you can use, which I use myself, that will keep you up to date on the research where you can gain a lot of knowledge that's applicable to be able to use with clients or with yourself, whatever it may be. And that would be mass research. It's a subscription where each month the scientists, these researchers get together and they look at different researches or studies and stuff that are being done and they give you a review of that study in an applicable manner, which is super helpful because it keeps you up to date on all of the current research, the literature, what's happening, how, how to um, interpret that research, how to apply it with clients, different things like that in an applicable way to be able to help your clients get the best results. What you'll find a lot in research is that it's hard to apply it to people because it's so those studies are so regimented in how they have people going about in the study, the subjects in the study, that it's not practical for everyday living. So or everyday life or your training schedule, things like that. So that is my answer. I went on a bit of a rant on that one. But yeah, NASM and precision nutrition. If you're a nutrition coach or just somebody that wants to learn a lot more, my first recommendation before going out and getting certified 
would be to read the nutrition or the the pyramid books by Eric Helms. He's got a training and a nutrition. They're a little bit of money. I think you're just shy of a hundred bucks for both of them. But if you're looking to gain knowledge and know exactly what to go out and do to be able to apply with clients and different things like that and just understand the principles to your training and your nutrition, those books will be extremely, extremely helpful. All right. The next question comes from Jaden Chase, who has been on the podcast a few episodes ago. And he asks, in your opinion, what's the most effective way to do a fast cut six weeks? So you're basically asking the best way to do a mini cut if you're looking to only go into it for six weeks or so. Obviously, you've got to create a caloric deficit. If you're trying to get aggressive, you can go into a deeper caloric deficit. Generally, I like to start out people anywhere from three to 500 calories less than their maintenance per day to get started. But those are for more long-term weight loss clients who are looking to make um, take the longer journey because they have a lot more weight to lose. If you're just trying to get in, lose a bit, bit of fat so you can get back into a muscle building phase, then obviously you can get a bit more aggressive. I'd look at anywhere from five to 700 calories. I actually just went through a six week cut myself and I was in roughly somewhere between five to 700 calories less daily than my maintenance level. It's a bit of a grind, but it's, it's easier to stick to going a lot more aggressive. If you know, it's just short term. If it's a long term, we need to set up sustainability inside of that plan where the caloric deficit has to be a little bit less so that hunger levels don't get too crazy. But it just depends on how aggressive you're willing to be and how much you're willing to suffer um, through that little bit of time to get some of that weight off so you can get back into a muscle building phase. So it's all dependent on the person. I don't really have an opinion on what's best. Like I said, it's very contextual to a person's situation and what they're going to be able to adhere to over that six weeks. Um, if you're a bit mentally stronger, you're okay to be hungry, suffer a little bit more. Obviously, you can make that deficit a little bit higher. If you're the type that gets really cranky, you get really stressed out when you're hungry, um, when you don't have food, your whole life just kind of crumbles. You're always turning into kind of a, a negative type person. And honestly, I tend to get that way. When, when I'm super low calorie, I'm not the most enjoyable person to be around. So that's something that I would keep in mind as well. So it's all very contextual to the person, what they can adhere to. But typically, if we're only going for six weeks, I look to get a little bit more aggressive, create a bigger caloric deficit, obviously start prioritizing a lot more vol voluminous foods, meaning foods where you can eat a lot of it for a smaller amount of calories, which is going to be super helpful. So like um, rice, cauliflower, bigger salads every single day, a lot of watermelon, and making sure that your protein level is at least roughly around one gram per pound of body weight, especially if you're just going into a six-week cut. That probably doesn't mean you have a ton of fat to lose. So keeping protein on that higher end around one gram per pound of body weight is probably going to be best. But yeah, I don't necessarily have an opinion. It's very contextual, like I said, to the individual and what they can stick to. I never look at a situation and be like, this is the best way to do it. Inside of fitness and your nutrition, I strongly, strongly believe, and I've learned this the longer that I've gone and the more people that I've worked with, there's no dogmatism will, it only hurts you. Being dogmatic in your approaches and thinking the same approach is going to work best for every individual only hurts you in the long run, especially as a coach in my situation, because I have to look at each individual, understand their situation, what's going to work best in that situation, and then give them a prescription or give them my opinion on, on what's going to work depending on 
what I've seen in the past with this type of person and their type of behavior, with their personality, what's going to work best, eating more calories, taking weight loss slower, or eating less calories, being more hungry and taking weight loss faster. It's all very contextual to a person's situation and what they're going to be able to adhere to to put into their lifestyle. So like I said, there's never a best in any situation, in my opinion. So it's not a straightforward answer, but kind of lays the blanket for you to be able to go out and figure out how you would go about a six-week cut, even if a six-week cut is going to be something that's going to be beneficial for you. Generally, that's for a more serious type individual who's really into training, who's going through bulking phases, cutting phases, maintenance phases. And these are all things that we all need to eventually work to get to. But a lot of the people that I work with and are probably listening to this are, well, maybe not all, but the majority of the people that I work with are weight loss clients that are just beginning their weight loss journeys and, and getting going in different things, learning the, the basics to their nutrition, learning to build the correct habits and whatnot. But as you keep going, you'll learn that there's three phases. There's a muscle building phase, a maintenance phase, as well as a cutting phase. The cutting phase is the weight loss phase. Um, obviously muscle building is we're working on building muscle and then there's maintenance phases and we need to be including all of these phases over time. If the goal is to look more aesthetic, so to build muscle, to be lean, to have a six pack, to have nice arms, to be an athletic fit type person, we have to include all of these types of phases over time. And like I said, the majority of the people that come into my program are usually people that are starting out in the weight loss phase. And over time, we start to lose the weight. Then we can come back up to a maintenance, get our hormones back to normal and whatnot. And then we can go into muscle building phases and repeat the process over time. So what he's asking is if you've been in a muscle building phase for quite some time, then we drop cal. That's going to, you're going to be in a caloric deficit or excuse me, a caloric surplus which is going to be the best, most optimal place for you to be able to put on muscle. But in the meantime, you're going to be putting on a little bit of fat as you're putting on that muscle. It's something that we can't really get around. But to optimally build, we have to be in that surplus, which we can put on muscle as well as gain a little bit of fat at the same time. So what he's asking is he's going to go through a mini cut to take some of that fat that he's gained off so that he can get back into the muscle building phase and keep growing. So... Hopefully that helps. Let's move on. All right, we are going to finish off with one more question. It looks like we're closing in on the 20-minute mark. I like to keep these Q&A episodes between 20 to 30 minutes, short and sweet, so you can get in, hopefully get some value, and get on with your day. The last question comes from Samit Dammit. I like the name. She says, catching up on podcasts, but do I need to increase my macros while breastfeeding? That's a good question, and it's going to be very contextual. I don't know where your macros currently are. So I don't know if you need to increase them or decrease them. But generally speaking, the second and third trimester of a pregnancy, you need to be eating three to 500 calories extra to support your baby. So if you're still breastfeeding after your baby was born, generally speaking, you should still be eating that extra 300 to 500 calories that were needed within the pregnancy. Now, for a lot of females, they may eat more than this. I don't take that with a grain of salt because I am not a female. I have only dealt with one lady who has been pregnant, and that is my wife. And some days she ate a lot. Some days it wasn't as bad. She ate a lot of chicken pot pies. That's what I remember from from her pregnancy. (laughs) But yeah, so 
I can't give you an exact answer if you should increase or decrease because I don't know how much you are currently eating. But what I can tell you is you should be somewhere close to 300 to 500 calories above where your maintenance was before you were pregnant. And that's going to be an optimal amount while you're breastfeeding. Don't focus so much on weight loss and all these things as you're breastfeeding. You need to just focus on taking care of your baby, make sure your baby's healthy, you're producing for the baby so that it's optimally, it can be, have optimal health as well and get all of the nutrients that the baby needs. So that should be your first priority. Once that starts to kind of calm down and once the, you stop breastfeeding and whatnot, then we can start to drop calories back down. If you're going to go through a weight loss phase to, to get back to where you were before and things like that, that can all be worked out. But I can't tell you exactly where, if you need to decrease or increase your macros, because I don't know where they're currently at. If you would like a little bit more help or for me to answer this more in depth, um, you can always, I always leave a link below if you want to, to my email address. So if you want to leave a more in-depth question there, the more description and information you can give me with inside of a question, the better that I can answer that question for you. So instead of saying, can I just increase, do I need to increase my macros? Do I need to, um, what kind of training? Well, like if you give me more details to your specific situation, I can give you a more detailed answer instead of just giving broad answers. So I really encourage you guys, if you have detailed questions that you'd like to ask to get real specific answers on, in the link below, you can always just click on my email right there, leave your, in the subject line, just leave podcast Q&A, podcast question, and leave a detailed question. And that way I can go really into depth in your question to be able to understand and give you a detailed answer because I have all the details that I need. So the more descriptive you can be, the more descriptive in my answer that I can be. But if I'm just getting, I can give you general knowledge and general information through these Q and A's, but it's not really benefiting you perfectly. So if you would like to do that, leave your questions down there in the subject line. Like I said, just leave podcast question and then I'll answer those questions on the next Q and A's. That's all I have for you guys today. I really appreciate y'all for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd be super grateful if you could take a screenshot, go post it on your IG story, tag me in it. I'll repost it on my story. And if you'd like to take it even one step further to really help me out, you can go below, leave a review. If you have a little bit of extra time, if you could leave a written review, that would help me out even more. It just helps the podcast be able to grow and be able to reach more people because they know that you're enjoying it. So they're going to push it out to further people so that they can enjoy it too. Like I said, hopefully you had an amazing Thanksgiving. I appreciate you for tuning in and I'll talk with you soon.